0: Why don't we get
1: started? Um, Nicole Teresa, come sit, sit at the at the table here. Uh, I don't like empty tables. <laughs> um, so it's, great, it's a great pleasure that I introduce our speaker today, um, Alberto Alessina, who's going to talk to us about the origins of gender roles, women, and the plow. He's joining us from the Harvard Econ Department and has done uh, enormous work uh, really thinking about different cultures, different countries, in all kinds of different ways in terms of their religion and how their origins might affect uh, their productivity today or norms or social capital. So lots of different kinds of perspectives. And I'm particularly um, intrigued um, by your uh, uh, paper on uh, women and uh, gender uh, norms that might have origins that we don't normally think about. Uh, Before I uh, turn over to Alberto, there's a number of um, announcements um, I should make. So first of all, uh, we have right after the seminar at 1 in the Darman Seminar Room at CPL, um, what I think is going to be a really interesting discussion uh, between Judge Patricia Wald um, and her daughter Sarah Wald, who is the Chief of Staff here at the Kennedy School. Um, And Patricia Wald was the first woman to serve as Chief Judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Um, and she also was involved with the International Criminal Tribunal for former Yugoslavia. So that's at one at CPL. Um, Then Drew Faust is going to host an event at Harvard on April 7th uh, When Women Lead, Insights and Experience from Women in Power, which is going to be a panel discussion with Jill Abramson, Edith Cooper, Janet Napolitano. It's going to be moderated by Karen Gordon Mills. And I think we have some of those, I'm looking at the Heather. There's also one hanging by the door. Ah, uh, there's one at the door, so if you, have, if you need more information, um, mm-hmm. that's what they look like. Our next Thursday, we'll have Victoria Breskell, WAP Fellow and Assistant Professor of Organizational Behavior at the Yale School of Management, talking to us about women and power, how to earn, difficult to signal, and easy to lose. Um, a lot of things going on, a uh, very exciting time uh, here uh, at the Women in Public Policy Program at the Kennedy School. And I apologize for leaving at uh, 12.30. I'm also multitasking. I uh, co-run a program for the Young Global Leaders at the World Economic Forum, which is just downstairs. And so I mm-hmm. have to go there at uh, 12.30. Uh, with that, Alberto, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you very much for inviting me. I thought that the seminar was at 12, so I spent the last 15 minutes instead of reviewing my notes running from the Econ Department getting to the wrong building, <laughs> I, always, I always get lost at the Kennedy School, uh, but by, I'm not kidding. Every time I come to the Kennedy School, I get lost, uh, and so I'm a little bit
1: <laughs> sweaty,
0: and so rather than reviewing my notes, I've been running, so we'll see how it goes. So this paper is published uh, already, and it, uh, on the QJE is joined with Paolo Giuliano of UCLA and my colleague Nathan Nunn. I understand that you have two format, half an hour of presentation, then half an hour of question or question as we go along. I prefer question as we go along, uh, and, uh, and so we go until, until about one, and uh, please ask any question at uh, any time. Um, now, as we know, there are enormous cross-country and cross-cultural differences in the role of women, particularly the role of women as working outside the household. And you may think that the highest percentage of women working out of the household are, I don't know, in Sweden or in Northern Europe. It turns out they are in Burundi. Uh, and so these are the famous labor 4 participation rate in 2010. Uh, the highest is in Burundi. The second highest is Tanzania. And then the kind of country you may think about, Iceland. U.S. is 70 and all the way down to Egypt, 21, Italy, 46. So there doesn't seem to be an obvious correlation between income level and participation of women. There are very poor countries with a very high high participation rate, and OECD countries with less than half of that level of participation rate. Second, uh, also normal variation in views about women. Uh, from the World Value Survey, which is a very used survey about attitude across country, there is a question that says, when jobs are scarce, men should have more right to a job than women, and percentage of the population who answer yes to this question and men have more right than women is almost zero in Iceland and almost 100% in Egypt. But again, going through, you know, in Switzerland, is more than in Rwanda. Uh, so again, there's not an obvious uh, correlation between uh, uh, development and these attitude about women and participation in the labor force. Uh, this paper... It's not about the proximate causes of uh, uh, women participation in the labor force or even proximate causes uh, of, uh, of uh, women's uh, role in society. There are a lot of work on it. Here we ask a more long-run question. Where, What are the long-run origins of these different attitudes about women's role in uh, society? So not proximate cause like... Uh, development of education in the last 50 years or so, but the long run causes. And we test an hypothesis thrown uh, out by an economist and anthropology, Eastern Bosel, which has to do that the r- uh, current role in society of women has to do with ancient agricultural technology technologies in particular the use of the plow. Now this is the plow and uh, as you can see is uh, handled by a man. I have been told by people who use the plow that it requires a lot of strength and a lot of uh, uh, ability and upper body strength. It very, the very uh, require a lot of uh, strength. This is the hoe, which is a shifting type of cultivation. Notice there's a woman doing it carrying a baby while carrying a baby around animals and the plow would be quite dangerous. These are various digging stick Used instead of the plow for different type of uh, cultivation, uh, and this is the, the stick in particular. So, basis of hypothesis is that in certain parts of the world, uh, and we will discuss why in certain parts yes, another parts, no, uh, they use the plow. Another part that it was convenient to use the plow. Another part it was not. Uh, in in this location. With the plow, the men had a comparative advantage in working in agriculture uh, because it required strength, it was risky being around animals, while women stayed at home with the, with the, uh, uh, the children. So, um, so uh, in those, w- instead, when the plow was not used, those with these kind of uh, things, women participated uh, in uh, in uh, agriculture. And uh, over the centuries, this role of women in the labor force or stay home became ingrained in cultural uh, attitudes and still affect the uh, current participation of women in the labor force and more generally attitude towards the women role. Even when these countries have not Doing agriculture, and even when the even when country became industrial, or agriculture became more uh, more uh, technological, not to forget that there are a lot of countries in the world where agriculture looks pretty much like this. Uh, so, um, uh, but I- the point of the of the paper is that even in countries that are not using uh, agricultural technology, this uh, view about women is ingrained in cultural norm, and this cultural norm has been persisted. Uh, for centuries. Yes. Can you? Yeah. It's, it's just
1: that this, in the first, when you say, neither of which is an easy task, in a way implies that women can only do easy tasks. Um, so if you talk about strength. Wait wait, we wait,
0: wait, 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 wait.
1: This is because the person had blah, blah. blah so neither of which is an easy task it implies that women can
0: only do easy tasks. I think, no, I think, uh, I can't see what, what you, but that, I think what we meant by easy, we mean we meant uh, the bad charge of words. I think we meant uh, tasks that required strength, upper body strength.
1: Yeah. Okay. Am I saying something politically incorrect? <laughs>
0: Anyway, this is this is an uh, this is an hypothesis which turn, uh, that we will, will will see that it is indeed true that that uh, uh, women did not participate in agriculture when uh, when uh, when the plow was used. Uh, but uh, whether it is an easy task uh, or not, uh, certainly we meant a task that requires strength. But also the other reason I think that Bosil uh, points pointed out is that. It's not only a matter of strength, it's also a matter that women for whatever reason attend the children and it is dangerous to have children around animals carrying the plow while it is more, more uh, children friendly, this kind of uh, uh, technology. Um, so we document a link between society's historic use of the plow and female labor force participation and measure of gender roles today. And we do it in a variety of different ways. We look at within ethnic groups, within uh, across countries, within, we look at individuals. So we look at whether individuals from certain certain cultural origins see today as certain attitudes. We do within-country analysis for the countries in which there is variation within country of historical plow use. And then we also look at second-generation immigrants in the U.S. and Europe to test whether you may say, well, if you use the plow, you get a certain uh, s- structure of society, and that's not culture, but it's a society that become organized in such a way. We are going to talk, with this, looking at immigrant. we, we will show that immigrants coming from, a, say, a plow country have attitude, that stay, even when they move to the U.S. or Europe, suggesting, therefore, that there's something ingrained in their mind rather than something that comes from... Uh, uh, from uh, uh, the place where they live. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, with, with all of your controls, I mean, you're uh, obviously trying to get a, a sense of whether this is causal and whether the yeah. quality is kind of the origin. Is that where kind of what your data suggests to you, that well, there wasn't anything beforehand that made these Yeah, Yeah, uh, we,
0: we, we, will, we will get to that. But, uh, yes, the one, one concern could be that societies that uh, were already... Pro women working outside the house. They showed certain technologies in society which were sort of uh, pro women stay at home. They used uh, the plow. Uh, that's a concern. So maybe there is something coming even before the plow. We will use uh, an instrumental variable approach, showing that the essentially showing that the region of the world that used the plow are those that. Uh, for geographical reason specialized in some cultivation for which the plow was particularly useful and those that did not use the plow specialized in, for geographical reasons specialized in cultivation which, for which either the plow was actually useless because it was a mountainous region or, or, or not as useful but, and then we will control for uh, development and various other factors but, uh, but yes that is indeed uh, uh, a concern and we would, we would like to make a causal argument. And uh, in, in response to your very well posed concern, we suggest that, in some sense geography. For uh, geography promoted or not the use of the plow, and the plow promoted certain. Activity. So uh, I need. Actually, precisely your question, uh, uh, there are, we will control for uh, a variety of possible alternative uh, hypotheses, including the one we just talked about, that pre-existing values about women um, may have affected the technology adoption. And, uh, and that, as I said, we will use a dif- uh, geography to explain what kind of cultivation were, we're more uh, feasible in various parts of the world. Uh, we may say that perhaps there are p- a policy level at the level of the country that influence this choice and this attitude. We will look at within countries, within the same country. We, we, there are actually countries both in Africa and in Asia, and we will see examples where there are Different ethnicity and different parts of the country used the plow or did not use the plow. And we look at within kind of variation <laughs> to test uh, successfully that the plow was, was uh, correlated with participation women in the labor force. And, uh, and then we control for alternative theories as we move along. Uh, I'll keep the just, there are a lot of paper that talk about the type of argument Try to investigate the uh, uh, long-term origin of certain cultural values. I won't go into that, but uh, but uh, it's a, uh, I think it's a very exciting area of research uh, in, in economics. Uh, so the data, uh, the data about the historical plough use, come from this ethnographic atlas that uh, from uh, anthropologists that categorize twelve. 12- uh, 1267, uh, uh, 70 ethnic groups in, uh, that uh, use or don't use the plow. We have some missing data. <laughs> Plows was uh, absent in about a thousand group. Uh, the plow was present in about 150. Uh, that doesn't mean that everybody used the plow uh, the, nobody used the plow. The plow the, uh, area where the plow was absent was actually smaller than where the plough was present. So there's about actually half and half. In terms of people, it's about half and half in our sample. So using this, uh, because we we construct an indicator that this particular ethnic group used the plough or did not use uh, the plough. These are the uh, the historical use of the plough. and uh, our variation will be mostly in Asia and Africa. There, be, there are all these red, uh, red and green uh, uh, um, variation, and we will, we will, uh, uh, that's the basic data where they come from. Uh, we control for a variety of other variables to control to make sure that it's the plow and not anything else. We control for economic complexity. There is a view which we'll refer to later on, which is sort of a Marxist view that suggests that women became, seg- between, became segregated and became, they start to become discriminated because of economic development and because of agricultural uh, view in general. Uh, so we will control for uh, the level of development and historic the uh, complexity of the society from nomadic uh, to complex settlement, uh, increasing in the in the in the level of complexity of the group, uh, we will control for political hierarchies. We could a uh, whole sort of uh, geographic variable. We will look at. We will consider also the presence of domesticated animals. Maybe it was the animal, the uh, uh, presence of animal, that led to the adoption of the plow. But we, we have data on whether these ethnic groups had domesticated animals or not. So we'll control for that uh, to see whether it was the plow and not the animals. And then we will look at the agricultural suitability with a variety of uh, geographical uh, variables. Uh, now, we have, from this data set, we have information about women participation in agriculture. Uh, we go from male, males only, from female appreciative more, in some cases female only. And then we also have information about other, these are historic, I'm talking about now historical data from anthropologists about pre-colonial period whether this ethnic group, in this ethnic group, 1267 ethnic group, uh, what women do or did not do, particularly whether they participated in agriculture and participated in other activities from cooking to food gathering care of animals and so on and these are the results so for this 1267 group well, we don't have uh, we don't have uh, information for all of them for every variable. but these are, these are the observation that we have but uh, so the participation of overall in overall agriculture is strongly inversely related to the use of the plow in agriculture um, and uh, you may say, well, but the plow is only one aspect of agriculture. There are many other things that don't require the plow. It would appear from this data that when the plow is used, women don't participate in anything, really, in agriculture. They they sort of, they don't participate in land clearance, planting, crop tending, harvesting. Not, they don't do anything in agriculture. The interesting thing is that they don't seem to do appreciably more anything else, uh, in terms of work, not even milking. Uh, um, this, so the first, the first thing that came out is "What did these women do?" I mean, they don't seem to be doing anything, and except for caring for children, obviously, which is not uh, included here. But um, so our interpretation was that, in, and we will, that we will, you know, the whole paper is about this But our interpretation would be that. The use of the plow generated a culture that women stay home, care for the house, care for the children, uh, and wait for their men to come home. And in the, in the non plow culture, women were part of society and they do, uh, 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 the productive society, and they mm-hmm. do everything like, like uh, men.
1: But some of these, I mean, probably surprised you too. As, I mean, for your theory to work, I would have thought cooking might actually be a woman's job that
0: you can do at home. Yeah, there's a negative negative (coughs) coefficient, insignificant, uh, meaning that women do a little more cooking uh, when there is no plow, uh, but it's not statistically significant. Handicraft is also negative, quite large, but statistically significant. Trading is a negative sign means that women do more of this activity when there is no plow. None of them is statistically significant, Presumably, if you put one, two, and three, four negative signs all together, there would, would be something statistically significant. So I was a little bit exaggerating, mm-hmm. in the sense that there are, all these negative signs means that women do more of this activity when the plow is used. So uh, I was a bit exaggerated that, that they don't do anything. They do more of these things, even though it's not very precisely estimated, and, and caring for children is not included, which I'm sure is, they do a lot more. When, when the plow is not used. And,
1: and they carry significantly more burdens, which is interesting, right? So now that I'm interpreting this correctly.
0: Yeah, they, they, they carry more burden. I don't know exactly, to we, I don't that remember thing. exactly what that means. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but maybe they were carrying stuff from in, in, from in and out of the, um, I don't remember exactly what that that is. Yeah. Is it possible, are in management. They aren't actually doing these tasks. They're managing and supervising the men and the children who are doing these tasks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is certainly possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. We are talking about pre-colonial, uh, pre-colonial agricultural society. I'm not sure exactly how what kind of management was needed, but uh, but uh, certainly management is not included in these categories. Uh, now, so so these are the uh, uh, historical data. Now we need to link the historical data to current data because we are not interested what this antique group did in the 18th, 17th century uh, this, or 18th century when this data comes from, but current data. And therefore, we need to link the plow, the historical plow use to current uh, data. And there are the two standard data sets which are used for this. Uh, task to see where ethnic group live are uh, the Ethnologue uh, or the Greg data set. The, Gre- uh, the Ethnologue is a data set that has been constructed uh, uh, and it has the last edition has 7,612 languages where an ethnic group is, uh, is connected to a language. Uh, and therefore they provide an a, um, indication about where all these 7,000 uh, groups live across the world, and uh, and each each uh, each ethnic group is, is uh, indicated by a, by a language. Uh, this is uh, it, uh, the second data set. Of course, they are highly correlated, but the second data set has fewer uh, ethnic groups, and this come from this uh, these of ethnic groups, and uh, and there are fewer. And this originally came from a work done in the Soviet Union about classification of languages, and these have been digitalized and put on computers uh, uh, by by these by these people. There are fewer groups, but the coverage around the world is better. I mean, the, the Ethnologue doesn't cover well Latin America for some reason, uh, while the georeference it, it, there are fewer groups, but it covers uh, better all uh, the world. But we do the analogy with both, and the results are very 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 similar. So we know where ethnic groups today live, today are. By today, I mean uh, in the 1960s ni- for Greg and the nineteen eighty for okay. Ethnologue. Uh, and let me give you an example of what we do. So this is Ethiopia. Uh, and this is, uh, these are from Ethnologue, the languages, different languages spoken in different parts of Ethiopia, so each little it's a different language. Um, uh, then we can match it with the historical plow use. So this is the plow use was in the darker area and the non-plow use was in the lighter area of Ethiopia. Then we connect it to the district boundary. We will have, we will have some data at the district level. So for example, from the World Value Survey, we will have attitudinal data at the district level of each country, including Ethiopia. And we will have information about women participation at the district level. So these are the, the red boundaries are the district level of Columbia, of uh, Ethiopia, whatever the province or whatever they are called. And as you can see, in some even within some district, for example, in this one there is plow use and not the plow, in this one there was no plow, and this one was almost all plow. So we, you can construct an indicator about how much plow was used in each district so this district would be 100% non-plow, this district would be probably 90% plow and so on so you have a gradation of of how much plow there was in each district and then you can do of course at the country level then you can compute in Ethiopia how how much plow was used in Ethiopia it's about probably 50%, at least in terms of geography, in terms of population. I don't know yet, but we measure in terms of population, of course, not in terms of size. Uh, so um, I don't have the population number here, but we look at the, at the number of people, not the geographical. Um, so we have data at the district level in terms of fraction of plow use and at the country level in terms of fraction of plow use. Ethiopia, together with Many other countries a very interesting case because there's a lot of variation within a country, so you can look at within country differences. Um, uh, okay, so these, these are these are uh, uh, different percentage of plow use in different in different uh, uh, parts of Ethiopia. The darkest would be almost hundred percent plow. And the, and the lightest, uh, almost no plow in terms of share of population. Uh, as I said, there are there are some missing regions, uh, some missing countries. So there is a question about how you what to do with the missing data. I won't bore you with. We do it in a very many different ways, uh, and uh, the results are, are very. There are sort of sort of statistical issues about what to how to do the missing data. I won't bore you with uh This is one way of uh missing, essentially is ignoring missing data, and these are the distribution of uh the uh, plow and not plow so the red one is the is the the more red you are the more plow you are using and uh, no plow use is 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 uh is the yellow uh it's a different way of calculating missing data won 't bore you with uh and um, uh, I'd like to point out that there is this, 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 this very interesting variation within Africa and within Asia. So uh, we are not comparing one continent versus another. but all our results hold uh, for every continent. There's a lot of variation within Asia, within Africa, within Latin America. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying this seriously, but. <coughs> only country in Europe with non-plough is Iceland and some part of Scandinavia, which are the most pro-women attitude. But I'm not taking that,
1: not taking that very seriously.
0: I'm not, that very seriously. I'm, not, I'm not taking it very seriously. But but uh, but, uh, but, uh, but the, the you see here a lot of interesting variation even within country. In, is
1: this in which um, historical moment? Mm.
0: No, this is this is. Um, this is connecting the historical moment to today. So this is uh, the fraction of people who live here now who historically used the plow or did not use the plow. So, for example, in, in, in Europe, nobody uses the plow anymore because well, there's no agriculture left basically. But historically, in this area, the ethnic group living here used used the plow. In this, this part of Africa. Some people used, used to use the plow and some people did not. But these are current data about this. But, uh, so, which people today come from people that used to use the plow? So, in the States, for instance,
1: uh, the native this, population. Now, the, the States, no, no that's an plow? important question.
0: That's an interesting question. For the States, the Indians actually did not use the American Indian. The American—that's uh, another politically incorrect thing. The American uh, native. native population did uh, <laughs> did not use uh, the plow. But we are referring to who lives here now. And here now there are Anglo-Saxon, whatever Americans are, and uh, and they come from Europe or uh, uh, and uh, in Europe. Uh, the ethnicity living in the US now did not, or, or historically, did use the plow. So the American Indians, in other words, if we coded, the, in other words, if you if you look at the historical use of the plow in the, in the US, there would be no plow because we were only the Indians. But today, there are mostly Anglo Saxon Americans, and they, historically, their ethnic group used the plow. The, uh, yeah, so. And I think that's the right way to do. Otherwise, you would uh, you would you would classify American Native uh, population as the Americans today, which is a little crazy because they are a small fraction. <coughs>
1: question: We were actually just noticing is the African American population not as represented in the U.S. today? Because that population might have historically not used the plow. Right?
0: Um, it, Uh, I don't remember now. Africa is Africa is is uh, part is plow and part is not plow, mm-hmm. so it depends where this. Uh, that's a good question. it Depends on which which part of Africa the slaves came from, and uh, I don't know whether we have that information. I don't know whether we have that. Have, I don't know whether we have that information or not to impute American Native, uh, Black Americans to where they 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 uh, I don't I don't think we have that information actually. So basically, they are ignored. Uh, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm from. Indonesia
0: is here.
1: Yeah, and the missing data, the West Papua, because there is something interesting about West Papua. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. joined us in 1963, and actually there was never agricultural era in Papua, uh-huh. so they just catch you know like uh, crops puppies, <laughs> yeah. and never culture. that's why there is no history of, of uh, yeah. But this this area like has about two more than two hundred local languages.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you can put it uh, No, I don't know I don't know anything about new yeah. Papua. Yeah, uh, I but just want to add Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that very interesting actually. I know there is work well done on, 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 on yeah. Papua. Uh, yes. Uh, I think precisely for that reason yeah. that you mentioned, <laughs> but uh, but it's not it's not it's not here. So first we start at the country level. That's sometimes like the easiest one. We look at the labor force participation from uh, uh, from World Bank data, and uh, we look again. We our main variable is female labor force participation, but uh, we also look at uh, a, a culture of women uh, in power or not, and uh, and we look at the proportion of firm owners or managers that are female. Uh, going back to the question about management. Uh, Proportion of seats in national parliament held by women. And we control for a bunch of stuff that I will go through quickly, but we do have as many possible controls as you can think of, including uh, including historical controls, the one that I showed you before, about, of course, the use of the plow or not, but also <coughs> all these historical uh, control about the uh, various features of the ethnic groups historically. And current control, like obviously real uh, GDP per capita, uh, uh, level and square, and a bunch of other uh, contemporary controls. So these are the results. Uh, the, the traditional use of the plow is the first variable, all the others are hundreds, dozens of controls. Female labor participation in the year 2000, uh, the traditional use of the plow is. Significant at the one percent level and with a fairly large coefficient. Uh, share of firms with female ownership is negatively strongly correlated. Share of political position held by women negative significant at the one percent level. And uh, and then we take this is a statistical way of calculating the average size of this coefficient. But forget that. So these are some pictures. Uh, this is uh, cross-country pictures. Of, about uh, labor, labor, uh, labor for participation uh, ownership uh, seats in parliament. Uh, and this is other now again the control for other for other alternative hypotheses in, in all these controls that I have here which I, I want <coughs> to go one by one but the general idea is that there's a Marxist view that it's not Not the plow, just the development of agriculture in general that lead men in a position of power and women in a position of uh, being sub-dominated by men. Is that the the particular word by Engels saying that agriculture generated uh, distinct gender inequality? Uh, We control for the level of development of agriculture, uh, but that doesn't seem to be the level of of development, but is the use of the plow. uh, the existence uh, of non-agricultural activities not particularly suitable to women, for example, hunting or herding of large animals. Uh, why hunting is not suitable for women, I don't know, but uh, historically, most society, women were not hunted with a few exceptions. But in any case, even when when uh, even when that uh, control for that, the plow to be made significant, we look at uh, the structure of the family, um, Particularly, we have a companion paper, about about uh, short paper about fertility. Um, and it uh, could be two effects on fertility of the use of the plow. On the one hand, if you use the plow, women stay home more so they have more time uh, to care for children and to produce more children. On the other hand, in non-plow agriculture, Children were working in agriculture, so they are, were useful for the family. So there are two effects that go in opposite direction. Empirically, it seemed to be that the second effect dominated. There were more children in, uh, in non-plough agriculture because they were useful in the field because they could work in the field. That's when they were very young, while uh, in plough agriculture only uh, young men or elderly men could born. We control for wars, we control for the candidate of being a dictatorship, <laughs> and so on and so forth. But uh, uh, some of these variables are significant. For example, the Communist Indicator is significant uh, uh, in favor of women working more, but uh, that doesn't kill the plow. Oh, but uh, I,
1: I think uh, probably that data doesn't exist, But uh, and I, I actually I totally believe your, your story. Um, I uh, recently heard a paper on multilineal and patrilineal societies, mm. and you know how that is correlated to behaviors today. Uh, do we have data on that uh, on an international level that might be correlated with? For
0: uh, <coughs> oh, sure, we do. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't have them in my head, but uh, I'm sure you can. If not, if they're not easily available with a click on the computer, you can certainly reconstruct them. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, in fact, we have been thinking to work along the same lines to look at. Uh, things like uh, 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 there is work by Emmanuel Todd, which is a socio- French sociology who classifies families in a variety, not so much patrilineal and matrilineal, but that could be derived from his data about whether families in which they were more democratic, in a sense, all the children were treated equally, or whether the, the, the firstborn got all the inheritance, about families which are in which uh, young to move out quickly or, or Families where the father dominates uh, a large family, and so on. So, we were thinking, we are trying, we were thinking of linking the plow with things like the organization of the family, and the patrilineal and the matrilineal would be part of it. Uh, also looking at inheritance rules, whether, for example, we make the first woman can inherit or not. So that, that, so those data, I think, can be reconstructed. I think. Right. Uh, and, and yes, uh, this, we do that later on. We we do something which is essentially um, uh, we actually in the in the published version of the paper, what we do is we look at what kind of crops were more suitable for certain regions or others, which is obviously correlated with being mountainous or not, and certain crop require the plow and for certain crops the plough would actually not use it at all. <laughs> and mountains would be the kind of crops that grow in mountains would be the kind of crops for which the plough is not useful precisely because there are mountains. We also looked in an earlier version of the paper at actually <laughs> a geographical variable like mountains versus other features, uh, and the result are very similar. But 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 your 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 uh, uh, so unless you, unless there is a reason why having mountains is associated with certain, certain views about women, regardless of the plow, that so our identification is that if there are mountains, you don't use the plow. If you don't use the plow, women stay home, and that's our story. If you have an argument for why having mountains per se, regardless of the plow, affects your views about women, uh, that would be a counter argument but I cannot think on top of my head of which which story would associate directly having mountains to attitude towards women. Uh, we have a story, but well, we, uh, Esther Esther Bolzeroub had a story that we are testing about about the plow. Uh, but if you have another story linking geography to women attitude that doesn't go through the plow that uh, maybe it's a counter argument. You could say that people would settle
1: in a mountain, it's a safer place because you have a lot of
0: few uh, possible enemies. You can even spot them from, from a mountain. You cannot spot them from a valley. So, a culture that is more maybe more aggressive or has more enemies. It's maybe more likely to settle on a on a mountain than a valley. I mean, there's there's possible arguments. To make. Yeah, um, uh, if you look at precisely mountain and valleys, that possibly we do control for the frequency of wars. But that would be a potential story. Uh, It's not only, by the way, another answer would be it's not only mountain and valley. There are different type of other geographical variables that affect the use of the plow or not use of the plow. Certain other geographical feature. I'm not an agricultural consultant, I wouldn't able to. But we will see later there are certain type of crops that uh, require the plow and others that did not and which crops are more suitable to which part of the world is associated with a variety of geographical factors, not only, not only mountains. But yes, that is the kind of thing I'm saying. If you can come up with a story that says this geographical region, in this geographical region, uh, for a- another little that has nothing to do with the plow, the attitude of women are different do- and don't, doesn't go through the plow, that would be a counter argument. Counter So these are the regression with uh, all these dozens of controls. Incidentally, uh, we also control for religious beliefs. Uh, uh, so we have a bunch of historical controls: uh, years of conflict, uh, religion, and the cultural share of GDP, manufacturing share of GDP, so the composition of GDP, level of GDP, uh, civil conflict, international conflicts. Uh, and uh, I forget what local marriages local marriages are, but I think whether forget what they are. but they have something having to do with, with obviously the, marriage, the, marriage, the family structure, uh, nuclear family versus extended family. and all of these are included. but again, they, they do basically nothing to the traditional plow use uh, uh, in this uh, cross-country area. Here we have, going back to your question, we have a, another regression where we include geographical control, uh, like, for example, uh, um, terrain rain slope. Uh, and uh, we control for that. But it, uh, so actually, a story that says uh, that it is the slope that affect women' attitude should kill the plow, but it doesn't. So... Uh, the slope per se that, um, so I'm sure, in other words, uh, I'm sure that the rain slope affects the use of the plow, but uh, that still the use of the plow affect women uh, participation. Then we do look. Uh, there are 17 countries. Uh, well, this is boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I thought there was something else, but this comes later. This is this is uh, this is just most So. Um, then we look at individual attitude about uh, whether today women that come from historical from ethnic group with historical plough use they work more uh, and or not, and then other subjective measure of gender role. So we look at so we, these are these are individual uh, regression. So we take uh, say uh, me. Uh, I am of you know, Italian origin. Uh, I am in Italy, it's a plough-use country. Uh, and uh, I'm, they will be, you will be looking at my attitude. Well, since I'm not a female, you cannot look at my labor for participation, but you can look at my attitude. And the attitude are questions from the World Value Survey. When job, You've seen that one already. When jobs are scarce, men should have more right to a job than women. You can agree or disagree leadership in policies. Only all men make better political leaders than women do. You can strongly agree or strongly disagree, and we all give different values to the answer. Uh, and the kind of regression that we run is uh, individual I living in district of country, in district D of country C. So in my case would be uh, uh I assume in fact, I am an American citizen now. Uh, Alberto, living in Massachusetts uh, in, uh, in, the, uh, of, uh, in the US, and uh, the use of the plow in that district originally, so in Ethiopia, would be the person living in a, one of those districts of Ethiopia, whether the plow used or used in that district, plus a bunch of uh, uh, controls Some of them are individual characteristics, age, uh, gender, uh, income at the individual level, so all sorts of obvious control at the individual level, country characteristic, and a vector of district characteristics. So here, I'm looking at a good example would be Ethiopia, an individual living in a certain district of Ethiopia with a certain percentage of plow use, uh, controlling for the individual characteristic. What do they think? Now, we don't have data for every country. For some countries, we don't have data on the district. We only have data at the country level. But for most countries, we have data at the district level as well. Yes?
1: Is plow a dummy variable?
0: Yes. Well, plow is a dummy variable, but no, it could go from zero to one. In district okay. where there is no plow, it's one. In district which is, you know, like in Ethiopia, there were districts with a certain percentage of okay. people. It could be, could be anywhere between zero and one the percentage of the population that used the plow historically, the it can go from zero to wow. one. So this is uh, um, Female Label for Participation, an average from 1995 to 2007. Uh, um, and uh, the the uh, um, the difference between, between with these two regressions is that in the first regression we have a, cont- a continent fixed effect. That we allow each continent to have a different constant, and the, the coefficient is significant. The second, the second regression really has something really hard. and like we get country fixed effects. So the second regression only looks at uh, differences within country because we are, a country, we are allowing a country fixed effect. So this coefficient <coughs> is identified only by variation within countries. And there are a lot of countries that are are zero or 100% plow. so that it's it's difficult to identify a coefficient because there are very few countries that have uh, a coefficient that is not zero or one. So I would take this one as a more relevant regression. But in any event, uh, the other dependent value, when jobs are scarce, men are more right, uh, men make better political uh, leaders, they are all Negatively associated with uh, the use uh, of the plow. Again, these are individual responses. So, if I am a, a man that comes from uh, a plow, a plow uh, use uh, or, origin, I am more likely to say that men are better political leaders. Uh, this is it another data set? Uh, with uh, using another data set now we focus on uh, a handful of countries for which we have the data and for which there is uh, va- variation within the country. So these are countries for which we have district-level data and there is interesting variation within countries. These countries are Bolivia, Chile, Cambodia, Malaysia, Mongolia, Nepal, Philippines, Uganda, and, uh, um, and then all together. And again, so these are within each country and uh, so looking at uh, people in different districts in in the same country. And again, the plow, with one exception, the plow enters uh, uh, negatively in female labor force participation for this country for which we have the data, and there is interesting variation within the country in the historical use of the plow. Uh, Now here, now we get to the point Yes, did there have a question? No. Uh, okay, so now we get um, to the question of maybe it's not the plow, maybe it was something else that pre existed uh, to the plow. And that's what I've been advertising for a while. Namely, uh, uh, maybe the plow is an endo- We are talking about long term cultural effect. Perhaps there was something even prior to the plow. Plow that affected the choice of agriculture, of the technology, and the choice of, of the technology is endogenous to views about women. So, if you have a view about stay-home women, then you choose the plow uh, and vice versa. And in order to investigate that, we look at there is work by this guy prior, uh, I don't know if it's an economist or an anthropologist or probably an agricultural economist, that. Uh, in related words to the work by Esther Boserup he classified crops into two categories, those that are plow positive and plow negative. And the plow positive are crops for which the plow is useful and productive to use it and plow negative are crops that uh, instead for which the plow is not particularly productive or even it has a negative productivity. Now don't ask me I don't even know these things are, actually, to tell you the honest truth, I mean, if you ask me, what back wheat is, I'm not sure I'll be able to tell you. Uh, since I'm not a native English speaker, uh, and incidentally, we focus on a subset of those which we have the data. We focus on wheat, barley, and rye for plow positive, and for while while uh, for plow negative, we follow or millet and sorghum, um, and at least for the main uh, paper, then in the, in, the, uh, in the appendix we have also some data for other crops, but we don't have the data for all the crops. So don't ask me why back whatever that is, is plow positive, but uh, <laughs> according to those who know, the back whatever that is, is plow positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Um, and, uh, and of course, there are regions in the world that for climatic reasons or photographic reasons are more or less suitable, or at least more productive to grow this crop. So these are, these are uh, uh, for wheat, rye, and barley, which are plow positive. These are areas in which they are suitable uh, or non-suitable. Uh, this is millet suitable or not suitable according to prior. Uh, and uh, so these are the kind of geographic variable, one kind of geographic variable that we use. I would say. So what we say, we instrument the use of the plow with this uh, this uh, variable. So we say, essentially we say, uh, this instrumental variable uh, estimate, they essentially uh, uh well, the first, the first result, the first, uh, uh, the first regression, which is the sort of the first stage, it tells us that the traditional plow use is strongly positive associated with being in a plow positive or a plow negative area as, as according to prior. So if you, if you are a netting group living in a place which was uh, suitable for the cultivation of certain things, you use the plow or did not use the plow. So, this first regression tells us that there's a strong or co- not surprisingly, there's a strong correlation between using the plow and living in a region that, by experts, have been classified as a region that, for geographical reason, is more suitable to certain agricultural uh, products that are more suitable for the plow. So, that's simply this the very high coefficient, the very significant shows that, essentially show that these people that classify this region did it right because the use of the plow is indeed extremely highly correlated with being in a plow positive or plow negative region. And then when you use this instrument to estimate uh, for a female level force participation, share of fur with female ownership, this cross-country variable that we've seen before, share of political position held by women, uh, once again, uh, the use of the plow, instrumented by uh, by uh, this uh, geographical measure, is highly significant and uh, and and uh, and negative, which suggests the way to interpret the result is to say uh, that if you believe in this instrumental variable, which is a standard methodology, that uh, even if 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 even if the use of the plow is it suggests that. The use of the plow comes from being in a certain region, and, uh, and the being in a certain region makes you use the plow, and if you use the plow then you have this attitude towards, uh, towards women. So if the instrument were perfect, in other words, if there, was, if there were no other reason why being in, in one of those regions affected women uh, participation in the labor force directly, but it all went through the plow, that would be a perfect instrument, then we would Could make a causal uh, statement that is the plow that affects human participation in the labor force. Again, what would kill this argument is another story, such that that tells me that. uh, I'm sorry. Be another story that tells me, if you live in this particular region, regardless of the use of the plow in this particular region, for reasons that nothing to do with agriculture, you are you don't want women in the labor force. That would kill the plow argument, but you have to come up with a reasonable story such that if you are here, you don't want women in agriculture, and if you are there, you want women in agriculture. Um, Okay, so in the final part of the paper, we ask, um, uh, uh, we ask in some sense the question about is this culture or is this uh, something else? Namely, uh, it could be that the plow use in agriculture generated some uh, societal organization, some political structure, some, uh, some something in society that led these countries to adopt policies that led to a mo- uh, different role of women in society. So it's nothing to do with the culture per se, but it's something to do with politics or, or society organization or whatever it is. Um, So how do we know that this? How we can isolate the effect of culture? No, that, by the way, is a very general uh, question for those like me who are interested in the the role of culture, the effect of culture on economics. I I teach an undergraduate class called cultural economics uh, in our department and. one of the questions that always comes up is how can we test how, whether culture is persistent or not, how do we know that certain things happen in different countries because of a cultural reason or because some other uh, variable. Um, And and one way which has been used a lot in this uh, literature is, uh, is to look at immigrants. Immigrants Especially in the US, because we have more data, and also there are a lot of immigrants in the US, but there are also data now for Europe, in which you look at people, immigrants in the US, and you say, and you look at first, second, third generation, uh, and you see uh, whether people in the US, therefore sharing the same um, political structure, the same institution, the same geography, they still maintain different. Attitudes uh, and therefore it means that those attitudes, first of all, if they maintain different attitudes, and, and if those attitudes are correlated with their home country attitudes. So, in other words, if an Italian comes in the US, that he immediately becomes like a melting pot uh, individual or still has different attitudes than, say, uh, an English person coming uh, to the US. So, this, this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this use of immigrant has been quite common in the literature. And, uh, and we do that here too. So we look at uh, where immigrants come from, and we link whether you come for a plow positive or plow negative or the percentage of plow that uh, this country used. Remember we have a, now we have data for plow use, historical plow use for each country. Mm-hmm. We have data on immigrants from each country. so we can link uh, a U.S. immigrant to the plow use of the historical priorities of each of her country, and we can look at at that. So where do we find this data? These data come from the March supplement of the current population survey that gives us one survey that uh, tells us the uh, country of origin uh, of of the respondent, and we look at, sec- typically these literature will look at second generation, maybe people that were born in the U.S., as opposed to first generation. So I'm first generation because I migrated from Italy. My children, well, I don't, have any, I don't have any, but if I had children, they would be second, <laughs> they would be second uh, generation. Uh, the reason why these literature looks look at second generation is to moderate the, the self-selection problem. Maybe people who migrated are special. They are different uh, for whatever reason. Um, sometimes being different from the average of your country may be useful for the analysis you are doing or sometimes it may be damaging. But in general, this literature looked at second generation uh, because the idea being if you are born in the U.S., uh, you are not an immigrant yourself and therefore you don't have whatever special feature immigrants have that may confound the analysis. Typically, you look at second generation. We can look at by country, uh, by mother country, by father country, and both parents from the same ethnicity. Interestingly, we don't push that very much in this particular paper, but it turns out that the results are quite clear that you are, not surprisingly, that you're much closer to your country of origin if, you're, if, both, part, if both parents come from the same country than if only one comes, which is almost tautological. But the data show that, so it suggests that the data are well measured, uh, and uh, then we look at uh, then we look at all women or married women, and we can distinguish whether the married women are married with a man of their own ethnicity or their own the same country or a different country. How that affects their their attitude, and it does. It's, uh, interesting. Uh, so these are from the from the current population survey. We have uh, female labor force participation. Uh, Um, So uh, this is a question that says, does does this particular woman work and and is negatively correlated with the traditional plow use of the father's country, the mother's country, parents from the same country, Not that the coefficient is larger. Uh, uh, These are all women. These are uh, married women, Uh, and this uh, uh, correlated with the woman's ancestry and the husband ancestry. So, women, even, even, the, in other words, women. The, what this regression says that a woman that, whose has, regardless of where the woman comes from, a woman whose husband comes from a plow positive country, is less likely to work uh, in the U.S. Now the coefficients are not super large in the sense that these are difference of between five and ten percent in the likelihood to work, but I find uh, quite. Uh, for example, they would be a 12%, 13%, but this would be 4 or 5%. You, uh, chances of working or not. Uh, you may see whether you, you may think that this is big or small, but I find it actually quite remarkable. We are looking at immigrants from plow positive or plow negative countries, controlling, of course, for a million or variable that may, that may, may affect your participation in the labor force, like education and you know, all of that. But uh, the fact that still this comes out so strongly is quite remarkable, yes.
1: Um, I had a question about the, the plow use variable. Do you use that in, a, in which, which, uh, the sorry? plow use? Yeah. That's a, it's a linear model, right? Did you consider looking at non-linear models? Because I could imagine an argument where you have some sort of concave function I
0: don't think we did that, actually. Uh, that's an interesting uh, point. No, I don't think we never came to my. So what would be the argument for why so you... So, I
1: mean, considering you have some sort of communication with neighboring villages, even yeah. if you don't have plow use in your specific village, yeah. if you're surrounded by many more villages that have plow use, and so say you hit some sort of critical mass where there are enough villages that are surrounded by other villages that have plows, even if they don't themselves don't use plows, then you all of a sudden have a, a more of a binary in terms of
0: your cultural perception of women? That's a very interesting point. No, we didn't do that. So I don't have an answer. No, we <laughs> did not do that. But uh, but it's a very uh, it would be a very data-intensive uh, thing to do. But uh, it would be a, be a very... I mean, maybe at the level... I would I think it would be humanly impossible to do it for the whole world, War, but picking one particular interesting country where there's a lot of... Like Ethiopia, for example, where there is a lot of uh, of uh, plow use and non-plow use to see how this cultural norm travel in the way this is it's extremely interesting. For one country, certainly would be feasible zeroing in. For the whole world maybe a little Yeah. Did you factor in religion
1: at all? And yeah.
0: That's a very interesting point. We do control in all these regressions. Uh, we always control for religion, uh, so the plow use becomes significant uh, even even uh, when you control for religion. However, there is, for example, there is work, for example, brodel As uh, we actually have some quote by him in the paper. He's a famous story of Fernand brodel He argues that the plow use or not use lead certain, well, he actually hasn't talked about the plow, but he, his view is that certain more generally certain agricultural technology led to a different role of women in society, and this different role of women in society led to the, to the development of certain religions versus others, and so in the religion, in some sense to be a little, to put it a little strongly, the plow also explains religion I mean, the plows also explain uh, why the, in, the it turns out that Muslim areas are mostly plow-positive uh, uh, and, and in Africa, the Muslim, for example, uh, uh, Muslim Africa is mostly plow-positive, non-Muslim Africa is plow-negative, and same thing. In, so there seems to be a correlation between the plow and the type of religion that, that develop. That's an interesting, that's very interesting. Uh, so what we do in this paper is simply to say we don't want to worry about religion, so we control for it but a much deeper answer would be actually let like focused on religion. Here we hold it constant because we don't want to worry about it, but, but what you're suggesting is very interesting. Yes?
1: question about sort of more local, uh, proximate economic structures. So I mean, industrialization had a major effect on women's employment, but I mean, granted that was just a couple of centuries ago, but even going forward,
0: Control. Uh, we do control for this kind of variables. So everything you said is correct. Uh, that industrialization promoted, for example, uh, even just to give you the, to make another example along the line, wars promoted women employment because men were fighting, and there are and, and, uh, we actually have somebody one of our discussants showed us once a, a very nice poster in the U.S. for like a woman going to the factory and saying, now it's time for women to work because the men are fighting or something. So there's a well-known fact that the employment, uh, women participation in labor force sharply increased as a result of wars, and then they stayed higher. Uh, Same with industrialization. So all of these, many of these things we are, are accounted for in our regression. But, uh, but what we are, what, what, if you believe this regression, what we are saying is that, okay, industrialization raised women participation everywhere, but still it raised it less in, in, in plow-positive uh, countries than in plow-negative countries, if you believe this, this, uh, this uh, mm-hmm. regression. So wars everywhere increased women participation, or at least almost everywhere, but it did it, did it in a different degree, Depending on, 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 on the plow use and non plow use, if you believe in that in 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 this in these relations. And what about earlier urban market? Ur- for uh, as, uh, we have uh, we have uh, we use as many variables as we have uh, in uh, for uh, uh, historical uh, characteristic of plow positive and plow negative groups, including I don't think we have urbanization, but we have level of complex, we do have level of, actually I know we don't have urbanization but we have level of complexity of society, hierarchical, political structure, share of agriculture which are highly correlated with with quote unquote development which particularly in those days was highly correlated with urbanization, you were more developed you were more urbanized, so we have those controls we don't have exactly urbanization but we have variables that are surely very highly correlated with urbanization But yes, your point is well taken. You you do want to control for this kind of of historical characteristic of the ethnic groups, and we do uh, for what we have, least. Yeah? My question would be if you could also make it more dynamic, maybe
1: because the problems change across time, there are new technologies coming in. Um, Does that has that any effect? Because norms are not stable across
0: time as well. So um, does that Yes, that's a very good point. Um, It would have been very, we wanted to do that, in fact. We wanted to see uh, for how long uh, a certain ethnic group has used the plow or not. Unfortunately, that data is not available. What we know from this anthropological thing is that in the pre colonial era, was the plow used or not? we don't we they, we don't know whether it had been used for two hundred years hundred years we're just coming in basically we don't have that, that <laughs> and then and then uh, uh, of course we, we don't have information uh, well later um, so what we what, if you believe the story that the use of the plow two hundred years ago affected women's role, it would be nice to be able to see whether 300 years of use of the plow affected women or more than 50 years ago. But that we don't have the information. Uh, but what 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 we can say, though, is that if you believe these regressions that even after the plow might have been abandoned and the country were industrialized and things changed, still this historical use of the plow affected the uh, culture. But you raised you raised a much a much broader and very important question which we are all at least we as economists are all struggling with is how persistent these cultural norms are how quickly do they change or or, or not change and uh, and, uh, maybe there are some cultural norms that change more quickly than others in fact tomorrow I'm going to a conference where a paper will be presented trying to address whether there are cultural norms which are more persistent than others and uh, uh, I will let you know what they find, but having looked at the paper, one, uh, one feature, they don't, ha- they don't look at uh, attitude towards women, but they look at family structure, and they, they find that fa- views about the family, views about the role of the family, uh, which I've done some work on, are particularly persistent. Uh, while other trust, for example, attitude about trust, whether you trust other people or not, they don't seem particularly... If you take a non-trusting person, you put it in a high-trusting country, he or she changes his attitude fairly quickly. But if you put... uh, According to that paper, but if you put somebody that believes in, um, like, uh, I don't know, the the Mediterranean family structure, and you put it in, in Scandinavia, he or she still... Maintains his views about uh, about uh, the family. So, this I'm sort of I'm, what I'm trying to say is that the intensity and the dynamics are something that we all would like to know more about. Unfortunately, often we face we face big data data issue. But you're completely right. That more dynamic would be very interesting. And I actually think that is
1: the end of our time. But if you have a couple minutes, we'll be able to stay after.
0: MR. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.